But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, a member of the Pulse Podcast Network, and your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Emphasis on the wrestling and the podcast. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Not so yeah. much love. Yeah. Because we hate all of you. Yeah. And we're not brothers, so. Yeah, it doesn't really doesn't make work. any sense. Well, you're pulling apart our show just in minutes. I'll bring it back. Okay, cool. So, this week, um, we have a special show for you. Uh, we're going to have our... Second segment of uh, Living in the Now with Hale Collins. It's going to be a jam-packed show. I but, hope you have a long drive ahead of you. <laughs> but we also have an interview with the gentleman grappler himself, Mr. Leo London. He is a Canadian wrestler on the independent scene. And, Don't uh, you know. <laughs> that's Minnesota. That's not Canada. Touche. Okay. They're right, um, right next to each other, though. Yeah, they're close. Um, but So I uh, know he's not a name, a household name that you might... Uh, know about um but the reason we started this show is we just we want to talk wait, wrestling whoa, whoa, whoa. we don't know anyone else's households it could be a huge household name saying, it depends on in, the household i'm just saying in general it's not like a who's he, general oh man you're killing me this is gonna be a long episode oh it's well it was gonna be a long episode anyway you're welcome it's just gonna feel that much longer so let's get to some headlines um some things that happened this week in wrestling and um, before we get into our interview with Leo. Sounds good. So, uh, Monday night, we have the... Live from Philadelphia. <laughs> and one of us was in the attendance. I bet you'll never be able to guess who. <laughs> so, uh, we have the re- reuniting of the Shield. Yes. You had monstrous pops for all of them. I mean, especially Roman. I mean... I will say this briefly. Mm-hmm. We don't have to delve into it after I say it, or we can. Okay. I'll leave it up to you. This whole cancer is a work thing is ridiculous. It's a yeah, ridiculous sure. thing. Yes. That being said, Vince and company are opportunists. They're going to take advantage with what they have. Mm-hmm. So they've been trying to get this guy over for four and a half, five years. And they finally have a tiny window to do so. Because now he's getting cheered. Look, he's relatable now. He was never relatable. He's relatable now. He's human. He Look, he's a person. He was always a person. People are just person blind, if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay. He was always a human being. But now he's relatable because now cancer, you can almost... Pick any person and be like, has that ever impacted you directly or indirectly? And it has. Yes. Nine times out of ten, probably. Yeah. I mean, someone they know who knows someone. It's always, it's connected now with everyone. And he's fighting the good fight. He's beating it. I mean, given he has some some of the best resources probably 
in the game. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's still cancer. He's still beating it. He's still fighting it. So there. I mean, and the people are cheering him. So I think that they're using this as his leg to get him over. But it's not like they planned it's this It's not like to they happen. gave yeah. Roman Reigns cancer. Yeah. And now they're using it. This was all a plot. Like, they, he's just a robot. They created him. Now he has cancer. We injected him with the cancer cells. This isn't a superhero movie. It is fantasy, but it's not that fantasy. And the people that are getting so aggravated with how this has to be a work. Like, they're they're working themselves into a work that they want themselves to be right so bad yeah. that it's just making them look that much more idiotic. I mean, it's wrestling. You have to disp- uh, suspend belief. Mm-hmm. Just do that sometimes. <laughs> so, um, another thing that happened, we had a heel turn. Um, Who turned heel? Ronda Rousey. Oh, no. Um, for my personal stake, I thought it, oh, that's what she no. should have came into WWE as. She should have came as the badass scowl, um, not this happy to be here, oh my God, smiling all the time. So I'm glad it finally came, but like you said, that it was it's too late. Well, you said this is how she should have entered WWE. I'm at the point of I think this is where she how she should exit WWE because I I get it. You get the marquee names like you have to. You created the marquee names. You created the Austins, the the Rocks, the Cenas. You created them. Mm-hmm. Now you're at the point of where you don't want to create them anymore. You're getting lazy. You just want to take their name and get it from another company. And this is now your marquee. It, it's it's laziness, and it's they had they 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 made Brock. Well, actually, Brock was a big touted name in amateur wrestling before he came. Yeah. But it's not like there was people, the, the millions of people, are like, all right, we know him. Yeah, exactly. He went to the WWE. He made a name for himself there. He went to the NFL tried to make him a name for himself there, failed, and then wanted to fight people. So he's touched every corner. So it's not like they stole his name. He kind of has been everywhere. Yeah, he but made his name through WWE. It's Rousey, how UFC knew his Rousey name. is simply a pet. Yeah. This is their shiny toy. They yep. didn't create Ronda. Ronda created herself. Do I think that she should have came into the WWE as a badass? Yes. But let's not forget the fact that this is also fake fighting where she might be a badass all she wants, but she's got to know this. She's got to know this business. She's got to know how to perform. She's got to know how to speak. She's got to know how to draw a crowd in with more than just, Oh, I'm going to throw punches that you already know. I'm not throwing directly at you. Now I have to impress you with my, what were real punches are now fake punches. And for me, she hasn't done that. She, it's not all her fault because she was pushed into this position and she probably told them, yes, I'm ready. I'm Ronda Rousey. I'm always ready for a fight. This isn't just a fight. Mm-hmm. This is where you actually have to be smart and be able to get your point across at thousands of people, millions of people at a time. And she hasn't done that. And she now that they've turned her into this, oh, the lethal weapon, <laughs> Ronda Rousey, all she's missing is some freaking nightstick type thing, <laughs> whatever the hell they were, karate sticks. It's just... I, it, I'm past the point of where it's, I'm tough, I'll beat you up. Because that's pretty much all she's got. Yeah. She's doing the dice too much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's pretty much all she's got. 
So let's move to SmackDown, and one of the biggest headlines coming out of SmackDown was What's that, that name? Joe. What's the name? I'm not repeating it. Oh, Samoa Joe. Dude, he's... <laughs> look, this is... The, the, I'm trying to develop a personality over here, and he's not giving me a damn thing. Samoa Joe <sighs> finally winning gold <laughs> since being called up from NXT, the United States champion. Um, Well-deserved. And uh, I think it's about time that he finally has some singles gold. Personally, I think he should have been the one to dethrone Brock at, what was that, Fastlane last year? Yeah. I think he should have been. I, I think he's gotten to the point of where this is his time. This is his time. Yes, it's about time that Joe has won a title because of the people that have had titles. He's definitely up there, as what, especially because he's good at what Ronda isn't. Yes, he's a badass. But he knows how to speak. He knows how to get his point across. It's years of doing it, but it's also a little bit of, I was kind of born to do this too. Like, I'm really good at this. I'm not saying he didn't work his ass off, but it looks almost effortless for him. Yeah, no, Because right. he is a character, and his character is badass, but he also has the words to back it up. Yeah, that, I mean, just most recently, that feud with AJ and his wife, and it, it was just great work all around. When he was going... Against Brock, and it was him and Heyman. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, he tore Jeff Hardy apart. He mm -hmm. tore Styles apart. It wasn't fair because he's such a good heel that the baby faces are so, they, they can't keep up. They have to be toned down and corny. And he could have free reign at it. So it, he's really good at it. Anyway, yes, you were right. About time. What's next for him? I don't know. I guess we'll see, because that was sure as hell a surprise on SmackDown. I was not expecting to see Joe or anyone win that title. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't think the longevity was there for Truth. No, I didn't think so either. Because, I mean, there's only so many times you're going to be able to have him come out and kind of play around with the title before it actually gets old. Yes, that needs to go on. Truth's been doing it for quite some time, but <laughs> for the title's sake... I think it's better off on Joe. All right, so um, those are basically the, the big things that had happened in WWE this week. And uh, so I think it's about time that we can uh, we can get our guest on the on the line and and uh, start our interview. All right. So um, right now we are going to have, uh, like I said, the gentleman grappler, Leo London. So here we go. All right, we are here with the gentleman grappler, Leo London. Leo, welcome to the show. Oh, thank, thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, Leo, uh, not a lot of fans, at least in the Northeast, uh, have heard of you, and we want to get to know you. So, what? Um, what... Well, that's that's not that's kind of a blanket statement. We don't know. We didn't run the numbers on that. So, yeah. <laughs> We uh we want to get to know who you are and and how you became a uh, professional wrestler. So uh, you should have led with that. What uh um, how'd you get, how'd you get into it? Were you just a fan when you were a kid? Uh yeah, I was definitely a fan when I was a kid. And uh, during my first run at university, I took training as a kind of summer activity to keep me keep myself busy. And then I didn't do anything for a couple of years, and then in 2010, I decided to give it a real go. And uh, just been wrestling around Canada ever since. So, uh, what part of Canada are you from? I'm stationed in Winnipeg, which is the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay. 
We know, isn't there a couple a couple people that might have come out of the Winnipeg area in wrestling? Uh, yep. Uh, Steve Carino, Kenny Omega, um, and Roddy Piper, Chris Jericho. Thank you. I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the Jericho drop. Um, Edge, Christian, and Rhino are also closely tied to Winnipeg because Tony Candelo runs those death tours out of Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, so... I was on one of those. It's not an experience I would care to do again. <laughs> care to tell us why? Um, I don't do well in cold weather. You're from Canada. And uh, it's just a lot of long driving and freezing cold weather. Yeah, I was just very unhappy. And you lose your shirt out there. A bottle of, like, Cheese Whiz is like 20 bucks. Oh, oh, okay. You okay. went a complete di- different direction than what we thought you were, were talking about when you said lose your shirt. I thought you were oh, ta- okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking literally for a second there. I thought that the cold, you actually lose a lot of clothes in the cold. But I... <laughs> I don't know which <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> so, um, now you said that you're in Winnipeg. Now, have you done all your wrestling in Winnipeg? Have um, you traveled down to the states and uh, wrestled down here? Uh, no, I'd like to, but uh, real life, like school and things like that, prevent that from being plausible. Also, it you know a promotion down there. I'm not going to be a draw, really, so they're not going to fly me out. Yeah. And that would be the only way I could make it with my school schedule. Okay. So, well, it's just not real a realistic request for them to fly me around. Yeah, until you, until you, is making a name for yourself, is that a goal? Um, I would like it to be, but unfortunately I, I'm 33 now, and uh, it's just not likely anymore. So, I mean, it wasn't likely to begin with, but it's a lot less likely now. So now you just do it for the love of the sport. Yeah, I stay as active as I can. I want to be as good as I can, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I have realistic expectations. I would like to wrestle in the UK. And uh, I would like to get to the States at least once before I'm wrapped up. I'd also like to wrestle my Quackenbush if I can finagle him out of retirement. Now, is that is that a uh, mentor or an idol of yours? Absolutely. He's... Uh, he really inspired he's a smaller person right and he wrestles that technical style that really influences me mm-hmm. and uh just really look up to him yeah we've um we are only about 15 minutes from the shikara um gym in northeast philly so um we've gone to plenty of shikara events and seen quackenbush and the show he promotes and puts on is a great show every time um and he's been on a couple different cards that we've that we've seen and he is a technical master in there. It's it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, he's he's next level. I really can't stress how good I think he is. Just phenomenal. So, um, another question we have with, I mean, you, obviously you already said your dream opponent would be Quackenbush, but uh, like an all-time favorite match that you have that just you think tore the house down. That I've had or that I've, I've seen? No, that, that you have had. Some Like, your favorite match that you have had. Oh, uh, my favorite singles match is against a guy named uh, Mike McSugar. Okay. We built a... We were in a kind of a smaller community, uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. They were really used to seeing, like, submission-based wrestling. They were used to more, like, you know, Haas wrestling, punching and kicking, like a WWE kind of style. Yeah. 
So it took me, it took them a long time to start reacting to my octopus holds and like things like that. But because Sugar really is a phenomenal heel and understands his character, he got out of me tapping him out for eight months by using like, uh, he has cronies. He sprayed me in the eyes with like hairspray. His character is a very uh, sexually ambiguous person. So mm-hmm. he's flamboyant and stuff. It builds up to this big submission match, and uh, we we had them the whole time. It was definitely my favorite singles match. So that goes to show you that giving time to build a feud, no matter what size and no matter where, is very important. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's only because of him that the like submissions and, and stuff got over. Because he was so good at plotting ways to avoid it, that by the end of it, the crowd just wanted to see him give up really bad. And they started really strongly reacting to me getting in the key holds. That's good. So, when yeah. you, that's good when you have a crowd like that and you have a, a heel be despised as much and when people actually are rooting against him because nowadays it's more or less, you don't know what anyone is. I mean, there's very few out there that hold true to they're pure this or they're pure that. Yeah. Um, it's tough because like grown-ups or, or I should say older fans are going to be more <laughs> wise to the business and they're just kind of like being entertained and will cheer the bad guys and all that kind of stuff. It's actually kind of a problem that me and my brother are dealing with right now in our home promotion is they've started to side with us despite us being pieces of shit. Yeah. I mean, and that, that kind of took that turn um, back in the, in the late nineties when, when you had the degeneration X and the, and the stone colds and stuff like that with the attitude era, because it, it was cool to be bad. So now it was cool to cheer these people and the NWO included it. it and that it, it does hurt heels and baby faces in the traditional sense, because it's your job to be hated. So now you're going complete opposite. It, it's hard. Now, do you become a baby face? Do you stick with the plan? It's, it must be hard to be uh, to be in the ring and have to do that. Yeah, um, it can be challenging. What me and my brother tried to do is take away anything that you might think a cool bad guy would do instead of swearing. So, for example, we were arresting a guy named Bobby Shank. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to call him Bobby Stink, and you have to react like it's the funniest thing you've ever heard in your whole life. And we did, and then... Of course, nobody in the crowd laughed when I called him Bobby Stink, but because my brother laughed, everybody laughed at us. <laughs> so uh, okay, yeah, just tricks like that. <laughs> yeah. So be overly corny when you know people want you to be overly vulgar and exciting. Yeah, like our our characters are like o- overly juvenile. Like they, we give like wet willies in the matches and stuff. Now you have to be careful because that's could somehow. <laughs> Get over and turn your back into a baby face. <laughs> as soon as you yeah. pull out, as soon as you pull out the whoopee cushion, you know you might o- almost be turning face. Yeah, you might have jumped the shark as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you said about your tag team. You've been an eight-time tag team champion in various promotions. Is that right? Yeah, uh, four in PCW, uh, the CWF. Uh, Gold Dragon Wrestling, and NXW Wrestling as well. 
Wow. Okay, now is this all with um, your brother, who's your partner now? Um, no, not all with him. Okay. Uh, my brother started several years after me, and he doesn't travel as much as I do. Okay. He's more, he more stays localized to Winnipeg, but yeah. Um, I've had a few partners. A guy named the Hickster, whose character was like a like a Hick Hulk Hogan, and he actually looked like him. It was... It was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I I like the name now that you described exactly what his gimmick was. That makes it awesome. That's like um, hillbilly Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he was, and he got the facial expressions and like the mutton chops. <laughs> it was. A, I didn't feel it was an imitation as much as it was like a unique homage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see that becoming grossly popular. Absolutely, I would love that. Yeah, he did it on the uh, on one of the death tours. So we were in very small, um, like reserve communities, and he was definitely the most popular guy there. That would get over in Philly, absolutely. Yeah. So um, another thing that anyone who follows you on Twitter and um, and and seen the recent tweets um, that you got injured, you got a stinger. Um, how was that coming, and how did it happen? Um, okay, so I'll start with how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to sound ridiculous because it's the most you would never think that this could happen, but I got whipped into the corner. I took the buckle. He came in with the typical back elbow, hit me perfectly across, like right in between my pectorals, mm-hmm. and then I fell on my chest paralyzed. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. No power bomb, no pile driver, not even a body slam, nothing like that. Back elbow in the corner. So it's the most um, r- routine move you could possibly do. And yeah. uh, my theory is that the the top turnbuckle must have been resting like right in between my shoulder blades, and when he hit me, my head shot back so hard hmm. it caused essentially whiplash. Yeah. But I, I honestly don't know how it happened. But yeah. Um, I lost all feeling and mobility in the right side of my body. I couldn't move my left arm or leg. And I feebly tried to continue the match. And my opponents took care of me, and I managed to get through it because we were right near the end. Uh, yeah, and then I was rushed to the hospital, fitted with a neck brace, uh, MRIs, x-rays. And thank God I'm in Canada because I didn't pay for any of that stuff. <laughs> um, I was going to say something, but then I realized I was like, wait a minute. He didn't even pay for it. Um, luckily, I've well, not luckily about this part, but I've had a, a previous neck injury, and this has nothing to do with it. It's just a freak accident. And uh, I will fully recover without any like long-term damage. But as of right now... I'm just in a lot of pain when I wake up in the morning. It's very stiff muscles in my neck and my shoulders. I still need the neck brace mm-hmm. occasionally, but uh, yeah, I never had to wear it all day anyways. So it's just getting less and less time using the brace, especially after I uh, like work my neck out for rehabilitation and stuff. I definitely need the brace then. But uh, other than that, it's all just coming along nicely. It's just a matter of time. Hmm. Now, is there a uh, a timetable for you to come back and get into the ring? Uh, uh, I'm not sure. All I all I can say is there's no way I'm rushing it. Like if I go to the doctor and they say, "Yeah, you should do it," then I'm not gonna do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. 
Yeah, absolutely. Not with your neck and spine and everything. It's just uh, I mean, quality of life alone for when another 20, 30 years down the road, it's just not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to like play with my kids when I have them. You know what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. So um, we're going to go dip into a little WWE now, if you don't mind. And um, Absolutely. So... I did read something on your Twitter about the because Attitude Era. That's the news source of champions today. Is <laughs> yeah. Twitter? <laughs> yeah. So I'm very active on Twitter. I love interacting with people. And what is? I mean, I don't have it in front of me. What is your handle so uh, we can get people to follow you? It's at Leo London twenty three. Okay. Um, yeah. So follow Leo. Um, get get his injury updates and um, and like us, it, it's a good follow because we started following each other I don't know a couple months ago I think and then um I seen this when I was trying to do a little research for the interview and I love this tweet because it's one of the things that me and Joe um often say about the attitude era everyone wants to complain about what's going on in this era and that the attitude era was so great it was the best thing in wrestling yet they they don't see the the Katie Vicks they don't see Kai and Ty wanting to chop off Val Venus's penis. They, it, it's just a lot of things that were very, very bad that they choose to ignore. The job squad. The job squad's another one. Um, that, and they just look fondly on DX, The Rock, Stone Cold. You know what I mean? And the and the puppies and stuff like that. Like it, it's just. They uh, leave out the oddities. They leave out the <laughs> what are the other the headbangers. They they yeah. they neglect a lot of the the bad that was yeah. the 90s yep the really bad stuff <laughs> yeah i mean what what your opinion on that because you're right um, you're right in our age group so yeah. you're you're right in the heart of when you're in the attitude era was like our teenage years yeah the funny part about that is i wasn't allowed to watch it oh wow um my papa <laughs> would not let me watch uh, the WWE because at the time it was garbage as he would say so I was allowed to uh, he had some tapes and he a few of our channels would still play like old world of sport wrestling and then I got into Japanese tape trading with my friends so that's kind of what I grew up on mm-hmm. well I wouldn't say grew up on but that's primarily what I watched the first WWE match that I got to watch live as it happened was Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle in the Iron Man match on SmackDown. It's a good match. So all of the Attitude Era, all of WCW, all of ECW, I've watched retroactively. Hmm. That's yeah. That that's one one thing that a lot of people don't get to do. Yeah, I, I have no nostalgia goggles when I watch like See. an episode of Raw from back then. And yeah, the main event scene is stacked. It really is. Mm-hmm. But some of that stuff is unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't hold up. It, yeah, the bad. No, not at all. The bad stuff doesn't hold up, but I mean, what they did with the majority of their time. I mean, I don't think this is nostalgia goggles. And luckily for you, you you're able to just do an unbiased comparison. But with their, you're right. The main event scene was huge. They seemed to divvy up time. They gave a lot more time, and. The crowds were just different. I mean, 
I think partially, and I'm going to take a shot at us, the Attitude Era aficionados, that we're kind of hurting wrestling more because we're looking at it as a comparison of this wasn't this. This Becky could never be Stone Cold. I'm tired of those comparisons. She can never be the same person. as We love Stone Cold Steve Austin. She could never be that. There's a lot of people out there that will, will think that, and they won't let the moment of now sink in yeah you just um that's one thing i've never understood like uh who are they calling the next somebody called somebody the next Shawn michaels and i was just like no he's the first uh, whoever it it was. adam cole maybe <laughs> yeah maybe but like he's the f- first adam cole just let it be adam cole he's yeah. never gonna be stone cold because you remember stone cold when you were a kid and it's he's they're never like Becky's never going to be Stone Cold because she's not Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Um, Given they could give certain storylines a little bit of that spin, but it's all separate people. No matter yeah, who, exactly. it's it's a completely different time period. Where if the Attitude Era were in the social media era, it uh, it might have been complete mayhem. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't want to think about that. Uh, that's that's a scary world. Yeah, for sure. Can you imagine Twitter and everything going on with Stone Cold and The Rock and all there, them? It, like, oh. People used to send death threats, like letters, like death threats. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could just type it up and just like hit send. How many death threats <laughs> would you get back then? <laughs> yeah. it's uh, It would definitely be a different, different Vin- impact on Vince Russo wrestling. would have to would have to travel with bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing that uh, probably most people don't know about you that, uh, of course, don't know you, um, that you were able to wrestle with one of the greatest in-ring performers right now in Kenny Omega. Um, since 2012, actually. Okay, so you've seen it up close and you've witnessed it. Um I mean, what is it like to just be in there with a guy who's that good? Um, I learn a lot from him every time we end up wrestling. He is, uh, he's even the things that he he's doing in between moves. If he's just standing there, he's not just standing there. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. it's uh, he's just incredible. Uh, timing, pacing, his he's like. Pres- precision it's yeah i can't gush enough about him (laughs) he's just very very good (laughs) there's a purpose for everything that he does everything he does has a point to it he's not just doing things just to do them well and the funny the funny thing is that when i when i looked at this and i saw a clip on on your twitter um of a match that you guys had it looked like a tag match um i was almost afraid to bring it up because I, I kind of didn't want you to have bad a bad <laughs> bad feelings about him. You know what I mean? To it bring something up and you'd be like, oh, God, th- this question or this guy. You know what I mean? I'm glad to see that you can't say enough good things about Kenny Omega because as fans that watch him wrestle, you kind of hope that as great as he is, you hope that he's that kind of guy to the boys in the back. You know what I mean? And who he wrestles with. Um, yes. He's uh... – He's all, like, the only reason, he doesn't need to do PCW anymore. Mm -hmm. 
but they're the company that gave him his start, and he always he's always willing to help people who want it. He's he, he's just there to help out the promotion that gave him his start, and he just likes having fun with his friends. If you come to a PCW show and Kenny's on it, don't expect to see Kenny versus Okada. <laughs> he's there to have a good time. You know, he, he uh, power bombs guys onto marshmallows and. There's pies everywhere. It's <laughs> it's a crazy thing. And sometimes that's that's better. Sometimes when you're able to see someone that you see in a character let loose and kind of come out of character just for if it's for five minutes. I mean, it's nice to see because that's the type of stuff you didn't get to see back then. You didn't, everyone was always in character, whether they were out, whether you see them on the streets. Everyone was always there. Wasn't really this realness to these people. Yeah, uh, he he just gets to let loose, have fun, and kind of be himself. Yeah, I mean, that's and I'm sure that's a uh, that's a departure for what he gets to do. Um, you know what I mean? It, it because he has to be so serious, so on point, be at top of his game. I, I guess it would be nice to be able to just relax and have a little fun. Yeah, at least that's the vibe that I get from him. Yeah, I mean. I don't want to speak for him too much, but that's just the impression that I get. <laughs> so, um, now, we heard rumors of a Kenny Omega documentary coming out sometime this year. Um, Absolutely. In uh, March, actually. Oh, really? That would be this month? Uh, yeah, I think it's the 25th or 27th of March. It'll air on, it's called TSN in Canada. I think it's ESPN in America. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I, I didn't hear a date at all for that, so that, that's that's even better that we actually have a date now. Um, but I mean, are, I assume, are you in the documentary at all? Um, I'm not sure how the cut, well, yeah, like what the final cut looks like. Mm-hmm. But uh, the final stop of his of the, him being filmed yeah. was in Winnipeg at PCW, his hometown, with his friends and family, and like Don Callis was there, the guys he would trained came up with were there and then uh yeah i rest me and my brother wrestled him that night oh nice so any footage for that match is used mm-hmm. we'll be in it oh great so you get a little national exposure and then they'll be ringing your your phone to get you over into the states <laughs> hopefully i mean the the uh, the clip that somebody posted of the event happening mm-hmm. went viral and i got a lot of bookings off that just in canada so wow. I, I appreciate that. I did I did see that when the person posted it and I was we did follow you at that time so I caught it on I think your retweet and I was like, "Hmm, that's a really huge match." <laughs> yeah. Um, he was he's the IWGP heavyweight champion and I was wrestling him. It, it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. It was definitely a shock when I saw it. I was like, "What is I mean, at first, I get it, he's from there, but, I mean, I didn't realize the backstory, and I'm glad you, you told us that I, you wouldn't expect him to show up at, what what is the show, probably, does it do 500 people, 1,000 people? I mean, that night it probably pulled in more. Uh, I think the venue's max capacity is, is about 400. Okay, yeah, so you wouldn't think that this guy that you see over in Japan headlining the biggest pay-per-views for Japan showing up at a 400 person packed house. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible. 
the fact he still does it is beyond me. Like, I don't want to peel back the curtain too much, but before before the matches, I always ask him, like, are you hurt? And he goes, of course I am. <laughs> like, okay, where, you know, is there anything I shouldn't do? And he's like, eh, just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm always worried. Like, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that, Oh God! Yes, Imagine strong that. styles Kenny Omega, and then all of a sudden he can't, he can't wrestle anymore, and then my career and life is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want to. That would now that you bring that up, that would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now let's talk about some uh, of the current events that are happening in WWE, and one of the biggest ones among fans and everyone on Twitter is the removal of Kofi Kingston, taking him out of the match of fast lane and putting in Daniel Bryan instead. No, Kevin Owens. What I said? Daniel Bryan. That's um, okay. That's what I'm here for. Oh, okay. Um, what do I think of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, as a fan, obviously, and, and being a professional wrestler yourself, you, you know how kayfabe works where there's a, there's so many people that were like legitimately, pissed off and fuck WWE I'm canceling the network and it, it just hook line and sinker basically yeah and, and that's a perfect phrase for it because the funny thing to me is can you name anybody that was saying that stuff before Kofi Kingston got that push at the elimination chamber yeah. no. no this whole rally behind Kofi is completely manufactured by that storyline and I think it's great that people have bought in hook, line, and sinker to the story that they're being sold. And uh, it's just good to see everybody swept up in something and getting really emotionally invested. But uh, you would be hard-pressed to prove to me that you you were saying Kofi should be WWE champion at WrestleMania before Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Or before the gauntlet match. It's kind of hard to think yeah, that. Yeah. When he wasn't even in the match to begin with, and they put him in the match... He got over with the crowd immensely, and now there's Kofi Mania happening. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, isn't the first time they've done something like this with Daniel Bryan in the Elimination Chamber? Yes. You guys remember um, when he defended the belt, and uh, they did almost the same thing with Santino, where it came down to Santino and Bryan, and it was huge that Santino might win the title. But they didn't do any follow-up with it, and it never went anywhere. Somehow, I don't think they're going to make the same mistake twice. I think they're gonna. I think something big is in Kofi's future. I'm not sure if it's a. a I'm not sure if he's actually gonna win the title, but he should get high-profile match at least out of it. Yeah, I mean, everyone seems to be getting their mania moment, and it seems to be more prevalent now. Everyone seems to be. You you can expect it now at WrestleMania. Someone's gonna get their their WrestleMania moment. Last year it was a child. <laughs> the year before well, that was Zack Ryder. I mean, yeah. some people earn it, some people don't. <laughs> but Kofi is definitely tenured enough and has been busting his hump for that company for a while and has never getting, gotten that uh, that recognition, that like big aha moment of like, oh, wow, like this guy has never been here before, but he definitely should have been. Yeah, it's totally fair. I mean, I think Kofi is... Like, I just look at it like not everybody can be the main event guy. Some people are just not destined to do that. He's been consistently on TV in a featured position for 11 years. 
I don't know him, obviously, but I don't think he's unhappy with that. I mean, the New Day is one of the most overacts in the company, right? Yeah, yeah, and has been for quite some time. But sometimes, because he's in the group, we forget like how individually good those guys are. Each one of them could main event and be champion easily. Remember when um, Xavier Woods faced AJ Styles on SmackDown and everyone suddenly realized how good he was? Yes. Yeah, same situation. Like, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, along with, like Joe said, with everyone getting their uh, moment, like the WrestleMania moment is a thing now all of a sudden. Like, 10 years ago, you didn't really hear, oh, they get the WrestleMania moment. It's become more of a, uh, a recent thing. In the hashtag world we live in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the moment that I think that everyone's looking forward to, whether they want it to be a triple threat match or a singles match is the Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey match. I mean, the, the first women to ever main event a WrestleMania, which it looks like that's at least where it's headed. Um, it's the only, it's the only feud that has transcended both shows. It's been highlighted and almost featured on both shows. So if it's not the main event, then why would you have built this so much throughout your whole company. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, definitely leaning towards the main event, and I'm excited to see it, because the only thing I remember from last year's WrestleMania in any detail is the Ronda Rousey tag match. It was the best match on the card, in my opinion. And uh, when Becky... Yeah, it was definitely Becky, up there, for sure. I mean, it was surprising, too. Yeah. I mean, she... She was doing a lot better than people who have been in the business a lot longer than her. Now, granted, she's in there with some of the best ever in Triple H and Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. But she clearly pulled all her weight. She, but she, uh, what she, um, what they're going to do is, oh, it's going to be great. The, the evolution match between Becky and Charlotte, right? Yes. yes. Might have been the best match they had on pay-per-view all year. Like in the WWE, out of a out of a pay per view that had first no hype and then gradually build hype, it definitely surpassed anything that anyone thought it was going to be. Yeah, the whole pay per view, uh, not just that match. I mean, the whole pay per view had a great flow to it, had great timing, and the matches they all made sense. Yeah, I agree with you. The only thing I'm a little bummed about is uh. Uh, Tony Storm's match wasn't a bit longer. Just because I'm such a big fan of hers, I would have liked it, liked it to be longer. But that's me being selfish. <laughs> it it definitely held its place. And yes, if I'm if it would have been given more time, it might have stolen the show. And I think that's something that they're always mindful of: is look, we want this to get over, and we want this to be great. But I don't want this to outshine what could possibly what we want to be the shining moment of the show. Even though yeah. Charlotte and Becky outshined what they really wanted to be the highlight, which was Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey. <laughs> which was, um, I know a lot of people give Nick the Bellas like a hard time, but I have nothing but respect for the both of them. Nikki didn't have to come back from neck surgery and continue to wrestle. Like, she's definitely earned her place. And, uh, like, I don't think she deserves the disrespect she gets online. It, she's definitely one that is a heat magnet, probably by 
the age group that we are in, both male and female. Although the females seem to give it to her a lot more than the males do. That's a little bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, but for some, it's because her character that she plays, you can, it's believable through the TV. You're like, wow, she's probably like that in real life. Yeah. So we, I, I have to be mean to her outside of this, even though she's playing a character on the TV screen. Like she has to be like this in real life. So I have to give it to her in real life. I have to tell her how, how much I hate her. <laughs> she's definitely good at her job. And the, the people that are really good at their job today are now open for ridicule from the fans to an, a nauseating degree to where it just gets out of hand. It can, yeah. It can be a bit much. It's entertaining, but there's there's no limits. It's like no holds barred out there. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think social media has been one of the best things that come along for wrestling and also one of the worst. Yeah, I like, agree. It's one of the best because you can connect with people all over the world and get your name out there in ways you could never before. But it's also, if you can get caught up in the negativity, it's a very negative space to be in. It is, and with all of the... I mean, it's a lot more prevalent now where you see people that have uh, anxiety, depression, uh, even suicidal thoughts and whatnot. It's And people come here to get away from that, and it seems like it drags them down even more when, like, just... From an outside, this is an outsider's view looking in, but that's the way. Like I feel like people get so hooked into it that it makes it even worse for them. It can, yeah. My, um, my brother had to take a, a social media hiatus because it was getting to him. So because if you're it, ever feeling down, there's no there's no need to stick it in if you don't have to. You can take a break. Yes, and I think more people that should i think coming back to it after a long hiatus would it would be more beneficial because then you'd be able to grow appreciation for more things it would be a complete 180 if people just took a break once in a while unfortunately the wrestling world never takes a break and there's something going on almost every single day so there's now something every single day to bitch about yeah uh, it's you can watch wrestling 24 hours a day there's no better time to be a fan if you want to watch wrestling 24 hours a day than there is right now. Yeah, I mean, it, I do want to bring up one more thing that it kind of ties into what we were just talking about was the whole Roman Reigns thing with um, him coming back and, and overcoming his leukemia once again. But then you have those people out there that are saying that it's a work and that WWE put him up to it. it it's just it goes right back to that vein of how social media is horrible because why would you ever think that that would be even a thought in anyone's mind? It's reverse kayfabe. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't know what to say about that. It's so dumb that I'm, I just don't know how to process it. <laughs> it's, They're it's, not going to fake a cancer diagnosis like that. Like people talk a lot of bad about the WWE, but they do a lot of good for like make a wish foundation, cancer research. We all know Connor's cure and all that stuff. Yeah. You're going to play around with a fake cancer diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it is, it could single handedly be something that could bury a company. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially when it is, it's to the point of where everyone can relate to it and everyone has this unfortunately in their life in some way shape or form so to put to try and put one over on re- remember this is the face of your company mind you this is the guy that you're touting as the face of your company why would the, now he's out there so this it's he trended right away this was on local Philadelphia radio made it brought it up as a point ESPN CBS, like this made it all around. So this will absolutely, if this were a quote unquote work and this was all a devised plan by WWE, this would bury them. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff that you bitch and complain about, you wouldn't have it anymore because it wouldn't exist. What would you do then? Yep, you have nothing to complain about. Like they're a publicly traded company. You know what that would do to their public (laughs) image? (laughs) Yes, it would, it would squash them. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to enjoy the XFL that's coming out because it wouldn't it, it, it wouldn't exist. Now, do they have Canadian teams in the XFL? I have no idea. I, I, I don't think so. I think there's only eight, and I think they're all based in the oh, United so you, States. You don't right even now. get to to bask in the glory of the wonderful XFL. I, I don't even bask in the glory of the CFL. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I don't think many people do. <laughs> I uh, I casually watch the NFL, but casually. Yeah, well, let's let's get a little more personal. What do you do when you're not in the ring? Like, what are your your vices? What are you, what is your go to? Oh, I'm I'm big into like video games. I play uh, Pokemon competitive competitively. I want to go to the World Championships. Um, you're talking to two yeah. noobs. We're not too familiar with that. <laughs> that world we're not saying that we just it's it was kind of like we never got into it so no, we, yeah, we can't it's definitely beyond us yeah but I, I mean I, we all got our own things right yeah no but i see i see a lot of people and a lot of wrestlers at that have are big into pokemon now i didn't know that it came back like this but has it ever left or has it always been this big uh i don't think it's ever left it's always been a presence, but like everything, it goes up and down, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, comics got a huge resurgence once the Marvel movies really caught on. Now you're speaking my language. Good, because I love those. <laughs> yes. I will say I'm going to see Captain Marvel this Sunday. <laughs> Overly stoked about that. Nice. Uh, now, uh, as far as sports, any other sports um, that you're into? I'm an avid uh, Manchester United supporter. Okay. Um, Football. <laughs> uh, the Los Angeles Galaxy. I like them too. Okay. Hmm. Um, because I love David Beckham. Oh, okay. And when he moved to America, that's the team he signed with. So, of course, they were my favorite team. And I drove from Winnipeg to Toronto for the one time that the LA Galaxy played the Toronto FC. And that is about 24 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. One, one way? <laughs> 24 hours, one way trip? Uh, yeah. Holy. But it, it was totally worth it. I believe you. If you're going to travel 24 hours to do anything, you know before you get there that this is going to be worth it. Yeah, he, he scored an unassisted uh, corner kick. Wow. Um, he, you guys familiar with 
familiar with the rules at all? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I we're used to not, play. We're not, and we're not like big fans, but just the general concept we we know, and uh, that's pretty that's pretty impressive. I dabbled in a little soccer in my day. <laughs> yeah, his his ability to like curve the ball is incredible. So fans were throwing stuff at him as he was going to take it, and he picks it up and he looks like gives the fan a dirty look. He takes two step back, bang puts it in by himself and I was like well that's what you get for pissing him off <laughs> and as a fan you probably who was probably sleep deprived at this point you probably <laughs> thought you saw something that was not even possible um he, he's done it before I was just grateful to see it in person that's yeah. where they get the phrase bend it like Beckham yes yeah exactly. and feared for my life a little bit but oh because you were rooting for the away team yeah <laughs> <laughs> now they're in Toronto, though. Canadians are supposed to be a peaceful people. I am not a huge fan of Toronto at all. I find people to be snooty and rude. I just didn't like the atmosphere of the city. So Now, Toronto is yeah. one of the bigger cities in Canada? Uh, yeah. I think uh, I would say that Toronto and Vancouver are the two biggest ones. Vancouver a little bit nicer than Toronto, though, those people? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Vancouver. Hmm. Uh, it's got it's got a totally like a uh, West Coast vibe. Now is is Vancouver like the town in Vancouver? Is that all elevated? Uh, it's yeah, it has a really high altitude. Even if you get as close to Calgary and Edmonton, like in the ring, I feel a difference in my ability to uh, like get oxygen. Really? Hmm. Yeah, they're they're acclimated to it, so it's like normal for them. But for me, I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> wow, like you get blown up real quick. Uh, faster, yeah. They they uh recently, right after the Kenny Omega thing, they were like, yeah, we want to bring you in to like fight the champion. I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah, they wanted to put me in immediately in a main event spot where I'm just walking in to fight the champion for his belt. So, like, I was happy to do it, but when they wanted to go like 20, 30 minutes, we had to be careful about pacing issues. Yeah. Yeah, just so I could uh. Because the altitude was going to sneak up on me, <laughs> but luckily I work a very like sub, like technical style and stuff, so I could, you know, you can hold, hold your, them down. You can and hold your catch my for breath a for a minute. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool though to be thrown right into a main event picture. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to see. Like you wouldn't have thought that right after that match, and then that for all that to happen is pretty. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of got swept up in a little bit, actually. I got asked to do a whole bunch of podcasts, um, a whole bunch of bookings out of it. Like I said, high high profile programs. It was uh, it was it was pretty awesome. It's probably the most over I'm ever going to be. <laughs> you don't know that. We, maybe maybe this podcast is what puts you over to the next level. Maybe maybe I, I'll get that rub. Two guys with zero pull. I mean, you got you're a shoe in. <laughs> We'll find a way to get you over. We always do. <laughs> I don't know. I just hope I can uh, I can follow Rory Gulak. <laughs> you, know, cool. you know what? We we are a technical wrestling fortitude of podcasting. Because <laughs> we, we only get the best technical wrestlers on the planet. <laughs> I'm happy to be included. Huge fan of him, by the way. Oh, really? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's another one that, that uh, has that style and... I, I did. I did have a question. I thought of it earlier today, and I wanted to make sure I 
didn't forget it, so now I'm going to try and stall <laughs> until I get it completely into my head. But now, as gimmicks go, now getting yourself over with the crowd and how fans... Would you agree that fans kind of have a short attention span nowadays? Um, they can. I mean, every crowd is different, but if okay. you hook them, you hook them, right? I, yes, I do. Maybe we're, th- we're talking apples and oranges. I feel like the crowds that I'm around more in the Philly area, I feel like they it's the, for the constant need for entertainment and like they need to see like the, the next big thing. Like, oh, what's next? What's next? Now, do you feel like more people are pressured to change their gimmicks up or to change their persona up more? Or do you think that staying who you are like this gimmick do you think riding it out is the smarter move um i think like to me personally i think a gimmick change should be brought on by something severe happening to the character like um so for example in regina my my character is like a traditional classic wrestlers wrestler right i don't run to the ring like a baby face and like high five everybody i shake everyone's hand and thank them for coming like individually <laughs> it's a very long entrance <laughs> you, you're up there and with the undertaker on that one <laughs> that immediately um sets me apart but it also creates a personal connection between me and that person right so now they want to see me succeed theoretically I um, get that. so if i was to suddenly become immoral and complete like i even tell people not to like the audience is like they swear or something i tell them not to do it during my matches i'm a gentleman i don't know cuss words <laughs> um which is a really good gimmick i must say i like that gimmick a lot yeah i use like a archaic language like i i don't know kind of like an intellectual being not so much intellectual but like just old words that people don't use anymore Oh, like poppycock, like, like like Shakespearean, like bully. Type. Oh, you say okay. bully, yeah, bully day, yeah, stuff and like that. Not not bully um. Ray, bully day. <laughs> um, Bringing it all back, baby. So corny. <laughs> if I was to suddenly shift character, the in my opinion, there should be a really good reason for that to happen. Yeah. Um, let's say I get hurt and no fans contact me or anything like that that's a good reason like i come back and now i now i'm an asshole because the fans didn't reach out to me and now i feel disrespected i was nice to you you guys are dicks to me so screw you now there would have to be something along those lines to warrant a character turn i mean people do do them for no reason and that's that's their prerogative or the WWE's prerogative, yeah. but <laughs> it's someone's prerogative. Big show. Um, <laughs> nice name drop. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at least that's what I think a character should do. But generally, I would feel that the crowd, in a direct way, shouldn't dictate what you do. So you should be controlling them. Yeah, as so best you can. So you're saying the commit and you have to earn or you have to make the fans, you have to convince the fans. That's your job. Convince the fans to either boo you or cheer you or, or get invested in you in some way, shape or form. 
Yeah, even so, if it's just appreciating your wrestling. Uh, are you guys familiar with Johnny Saint? Yes. Yes, of course. Um, Johnny Saint did a podcast with uh, Colt Cabana, mm-hmm. and Colt asked them, "Have you ever been in a situation where your style didn't get didn't get over and it didn't work?" And Johnny Saint said, "Of course." And Colt's like, "Well, what did you do?" And he goes, "I was just like, listen, this is what I do, and this is what you're gonna have. It's that simple." <laughs> And that's kind of what I live by. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. And that's that's why you have the character. And it's why they book you for the match that they book you for. Is because they want you to do the job and get your character, either get them over or get the baby face, put the baby face over. It, it's That's what you do. And you can't just turn mid, mid-match because they're not having it. They You have to find a way of getting it. Uh, rarely... Uh, like one match let, let's switch the dynamic thing works like if you watch Rock and Hogan they clearly switch roles mm-hmm. but that's an extreme circumstance yeah that's almost the most extreme circumstance you just <laughs> yeah. name drop have you ever watched that match with the volume down it's yeah mm-hmm. it's awful don't yes. don't ever do that yeah. any fan who hasn't done it don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the sound definitely makes that match the the crowd's reaction definitely mm-hmm. is a huge part of that it's like it's you don't get to see it that much anymore it wasn't really manufactured to be that like once in a lifetime match it just kind of ended up happening it was like the perfect storm of match yeah and you don't really yeah. you don't really get that all right i'm gonna debbie off i know we're running a little long but <laughs> screw it it's our show we're gonna do it oh no i just lost what i was thinking <laughs> i this happens sometimes do you think that um, – ah, oh crap. I really did lose it. You're gone, aren't you? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, so That's we're going to have to come back to that. Um, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up here. Leo, we appreciate you being on. Um, thank you so much for taking the time and talking with us. And um, we hope to get your name out there. Uh, we would love to see you booked in the Philadelphia area and get down here to the States before uh, – before you finally uh, stop wrestling. So we hope that you eventually are able to be booked. But if not, um, you have two new followers, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you uh, taking the time for us. Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate talking to you. I love to talk wrestling. So if anybody wants to talk wrestling, you can mm-hmm. follow me on Twitter, LeoLondon23, and my Facebook page is LeoLondon23. If you guys want me to get booked down there, just slide my digits to my Quackenbush. Absolutely. We will definitely <laughs> we'll definitely be doing that. All right. <laughs> All right, Leo. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. No problem. Thank you, guys. And there you have it. A nice chit-chat. A nice, well-spoken interview, if you must, with Leo London, a true gentleman. He really did bring some class to this show of buffoons, of buffoonery. Tom Foolery? Tom Foolery, there you go. Buffoonery, I, I don't think it's a word. Leo's going to listen to this. He's going to be like, buffoonery, I'm using it, because it's definitely an old-timey <laughs> enough word to use. Let's hope so. I, Sounds about right to me. Yes, I'm pretty sure. It is. So back into wrestling talk <laughs> Yeah. of what else happened in this week. Mm-hmm. And I think we pretty much touched on it all. So yeah. I was just throwing—I was just throwing a little curveball out there. Okay, you got me because I was like, "Wait, I thought we talked about everything already." We did. We okay. talked about pretty much everything. Leading up to this weekend, we have Fastlane. Yes. We did not talk about that. No, we did not. 
We are typically not a prediction type show. No, but there is a pay per view again. Yeah. And they're coming faster paced. Mm-hmm. The road to WrestleMania. Teeting up. The one thing I will. I don't know if we touched on Charlotte, Becky, well, Rhonda. We, we, we touched a tiny on bit, it. Yeah. But it seems to me that Charlotte still is in this spot of she's just there. Like it's, it's, it's. Rhonda, it's Becky, and Charlotte's just there. Which you is it the Charlotte Flair name? No, because she deserves to be there. It's just that I don't think she fits in with this, this feud. Yeah, just bringing her over just to bring her over. Um, that is what I wanted. To, that I did want to talk on that. <laughs> it's two. It's been the second Royal Rumble, the second Women's Royal Rumble ever, and you've completely devalued it already. Now, like now you have to rebuild kind of you took a step back you took two steps back one step forward two steps back I've seen this opinion online today uh, as well of people saying all right Becky won the rumble so um, how the hell did Charlotte Flair get to walk over to raw well because it's <laughs> it's part of the storyline yeah, I get it, it. it that's Becky the thing. was kicked out of the match but Becky was the royal rumble winner she shouldn't have to keep earning her spot back into this match. You're right, but it's Vince. That's the thing. It's Vince McMahon. Doesn't matter it is. what it's it is. It's that old That's school mentality of this is the person that you want to cheer. Well, I'm going to make you want it even more. Yeah. They're going to have to keep earning it. We're taking Austin out. Austin's got to find his way back into the exactly. match. Exactly. It's yeah. the same repetitive ideology. Ideology that yes. it's going to keep happening in the WWE. It's just now you're dealing with people that have seen it before. Yeah. And now you're getting those opinions to the people that have never seen it before. They don't have no reference point for, like, this is the first time they've ever seen something like this. But now they're like, well, why? Like, it doesn't make sense. Now that you now that you bring it up, Becky won the Royal Rumble. I thought the Royal Rumble winner was already main eventing or the, that had... Or their, getting a title shot. Getting a title shot. Yeah. They won it. Like, they had the people hooked. And now it's like that they're, uh, they're kind of floundering a little bit. And now they're putting this match where it's Becky versus Charlotte. Becky has to win to get back in. But why the hell is it Charlotte? Charlotte shouldn't even be in the match. She did nothing to deserve to be in this match. It should be Charlotte or Becky. If she has to beat anyone, it has to be Ronda to get back into the match. Yeah. A non-title match to get back into the match. Why the hell is she fighting Charlotte? Why is she? Why? It's the answer has to be answered or the question has mind you has to be or <laughs> the answer, already is answered. answer has to be questioned and then the question then therefore has to be answered thus stating why is charlotte flair in this match after all that i had to bring it back in baby after all that i, I had to reel it back in baby that it's about time for the time to be now oh it's that time already i think it is all right Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another edition of Living in the Now with Hale Collins. And uh, Hale, welcome back. Hey, guys. Good to be back. All right. So um, just in case people have missed it or this is their first time hearing it, we're going to ask Hale 
um, some questions, whether it's wrestling or pop culture. And um, he's going to tell us if it's now or so not now. So the first one we're going to uh, we're going to touch on is um, Coming to America, the movie Coming to America. Um, They're doing a reboot. Yeah. So a, a sequel to Coming to America. What do you think? Uh, is it now or so not now, Hale? Coming to America sequel coming out is so now because Coming to America one was the best. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> where do I start with Coming to America? It's just so good. I think they're coming out with the original cast. I know, I know the mom from Africa. Uh, passed away in 1995. It's weird how you say 95 was before, but yeah, no, she passed away in 95. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only one that died from the original cat. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard to bring her back then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it's very, no, it's great. Uh, so we got another movie type question, and um, there's a, a lot of people, there's this theory that in the Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso is the bad guy. So what's your thoughts on that? Daniel LaRusso being the bad guy in uh, Karate Kid now or so not now? Uh, Daniel LaRusso the fuckhead. I'm so happy. <laughs> Daniel LaRusso is so not now, but it's now that he's the villain. Because he go back and watch a Karate Kid 1. He is the biggest worm ever. Johnny was the good guy. If you look at it, the footage is right there. Remember when he was wearing those army pants with like a red coat and all just all weird? Like, what the hell is the kid? And then like, he and he totally uh, just warm giant girl right in front of him. Like, and he was nice about it. Oh, my God. Nothing pissing me off than Daniel Russo. I even hated him when he was a kid. When I was a kid, I even hated him. <laughs> so uh the next one and i think a lot of people with kids will really relate to this is uh you get you buy a kid um a toy or anything and you're trying to open it and get it for them and all the packaging that goes into this into all the twist ties and hard plastic and all that how do you feel about that uh, now or so not now let me tell you, I, I, I never even knew this, this existed, okay, until I, uh, until I had a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's Christmas, and she gets all this stuff. Like, oh, we got all this cool stuff, you know? And, and she's too young to even try to open it, so I had to open it. And there's zip ties on top of zip ties on top of these weird plastic screws on top of... I don't even know, on top of tape. So, I got so pissed off, I just basically just destroy the packaging and get the toy out of the box. But each each one at least takes like five minutes to open. What do they expect? So, yes, it's sold out now the way they package toys. What do they think they're going to do? Choke on a big fucking bunny? (laughs) (laughs) I understand, like, some packaging where I'm like, I mean, a lot of, you know, something has a lot of little parts to it, but are you kidding? I'm telling you, it was so not now, and I'll never understand it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, 
Um, next one we have, and now I've done this. I've done this actually. I do it more on my regular technology than I do on my TV. But I know um, some people have done it on TV. If you're going through the channels and you hit a button and all of a sudden you're on a different HDMI and you have no idea how it happened. Or a closed captioning pops up. Yeah. Now or so not now. Can you repeat that one more time? I said when you're on your on your TV remote, you push a button and all of a sudden you're on a different oh. HDMI or your closed captioning comes up out of nowhere. <laughs> no, there, 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 there's, there's two sold out now moments with a remote control. Is when you actually somehow, uh, you don't even know how, but you push a button on a remote and all of a sudden your TV goes black or, or like, you just can't figure out how to go back to your TV. You try every button. It's so not now. And another so not now remote moment is when you drop it and it disappears off the face of the earth. <laughs> Sorry, I lost about that one. <laughs> yeah, you have Joe in tears over here. <laughs> uh, Can you guys relate to it? Oh, absolutely. That's why it's so funny. <laughs> the way you worded it. The couch of doom that ate the remote, and you, now you can't find it. Oh. Yeah, especially if you have like a reclining sofa, where you have to like recline it up and crawl underneath it all weird. It sounds like something death to hell. You find things that you didn't even know you owned in uh, previous moments. When the hell did I get the, When did I get a tire iron? <laughs> so uh, we have one. I have one more, um, and that's uh, and we're gonna go finally back to wrestling again. Is uh, younger younger wrestlers, younger athletes, um, thinking that you have to just do high spot after high spot after high spot to get themselves or the match over. Well, that's so not now. Where's the fun of that? <laughs> but, like, uh, the, 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 the beauty of wrestling is, like, you know, uh, selling shirts and not not just doing spots for no reason. It's a build-up to it. You know, it's other cool stuff. But spot out of the spot, you can see if you look at, like, the injuries that are coming out like crazy. There's so many wrestlers getting injured. There's no need for it. Like, that's why the crowd is just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, you see a lot of a lot of times that it'll be out of the ring spots too. It'll be spots to the to the outside, either either through the ropes or over the ropes or off a fucking ladder. If you're hanging out off the ceiling, mm -hmm. depending on how high your ceiling is in some of these places. Yeah, but, but like for other kids, I think I can go the rest of my life without seeing a Canadian destroyer. I mean, the only two people that should really be doing Canadian destroyer, I think, is either Petey Williams or Phil Carr. They're the only two I find. Hmm. And the re the reinventing of that move, now you're seeing that move off of different things through different things. Yeah, it's just not good. It's like they're basically all with someone down who's trying to die. I mean, they might have to go see therapy. Hmm. Yeah, we've seen we've seen a couple pretty nasty Canadian destroyers. Um, I mean, one Jimmy Rave against Ricky Shane Page from CZW. Jimmy Havoc. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Havoc. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he did it off the top rope through a table and chairs, ladders. La- it was it was ridiculous. Pretty sure there were thumbtacks there. But I mean, in spots like that, it, anything could go wrong. It's it, it's pretty ridiculous, and I, I I like that. That's a very unpopular opinion about a Canadian destroyer being uh, scaled back because, like you said, everyone's using it. Everybody's using it. Do you guys remember when it was first used? It was the most talked about move in wrestling, and it was really, really cool. But now it's like you're just having everyone do it. They expose it. They don't pin the guy. Uh, you, basically, if you think about it, you're doing a flip, and the guy's landing on his head. Yeah. So, I don't... And then you got guys pinning guys with a clothesline. I just don't really understand the psychology of it. Um, I think it's a great move. I think it's overused, and it's so not down to overuse a move that was once the most devastating move in wrestling. It, that really is a, a fair statement and point. I mean, it's it's beginning to... I mean, especially if you're looking at the independent scene as a whole, it's just... I mean, it's be, it's become a time where people want to be entertained, and you know that, so if you're not going to get the mic time you have to entertain these people in a different way and these sick fucks at these shows want to be entertained by watching you jump off of something high or do some sort of flip with someone attached to your body through something i mean it seems to me that the the fans at some of these shows don't really want to see the storyline the build-up and all that they want to they just want to see the high spots they want to be wowed by something crazy so it's not all the wrestlers. I mean, the Canadian, it, it it got popular and now they're using it more. But I, I I tend to put a lot of blame on the fans that don't want to see the the storyline, the technical aspect of wrestling, the old school wrestling tactics, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's getting a lot of hand. I also I think promoters need to take a step back and take control of the matches more and more. Um, right now, I feel like it's a free fall. I just tell the guys to go out and do their thing and they come back. You know, it's, uh, I just think you need to be a little more controlled. Because <laughs> it's so not down to try to kill yourselves in front of fans. And the weird part is I think some fans actually want to see wrestlers get hurt. It's like a morbid curiosity by them. They want it so but, they can have the footage of having them get hurt and putting be the first one to put it on social media. So it goes viral. Breaking. This person just got injured. I got the footage. Look at me. I'm important. I'm popular. Look at me. Yeah, meanwhile, the guy's in the hospital, like, I can't wrestle again. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, someone's in a hospital with a neck brace on and bandaged and taped up through their whole body. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, yeah. keeping with this almost the same, the same, th- the same uh, theme, um, I attended CZW show last night, and I want to get your opinion on deathmatch wrestle wrestling and and the deathmatch uh, itself. Do you think it's a uh, uh, necessary? Do you think it it should have its own place and just like maybe once every couple shows for a certain promotion? What do you think of deathmatch wrestling? Uh, me personally, it's, it's uh, I think deathmatch wrestling is now. Um, I don't think it's sold out now because uh, there's, a, there's an audience for it, and I would never want to take that away from the fans. I really appreciate it. They have a great history of death matches. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I love Stick Mondo. I thought his uh, I thought his movie, movie documentary deal was awesome. Have you guys watched that? Yes, yes, we have. Yeah, very good. 
Dallas, Dallas phenomenal. And, uh, and I am, I, I, I can watch him. I think some of it is nonsense. I think, uh, so I think some of them is far. I think, uh, it should be overdone. I think it should be something special. Uh, I think, you know, I, I, I pop some of the stuff. Some of the guys pretty sick box, but it's, it, it's because it's supposed to be. So, uh, I never want to take that away from a guy because some guys really look for it. Uh, some fans look for it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I would never take it away. I think, so I think it's now. Uh, would I ever do it? I don't think I would ever do it unless, uh, you know, if money was right, maybe. But, uh, I mean, I really don't know. you have a history of yourself of jumping off some high things. So, I mean, it's not like you'd be somewhat of a stranger to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, like, I was a huge ECW fan, and I, I used to love that style. But I just don't, uh, like, I would never want to fall on Legos. <laughs> Let alone <laughs> step, like like ste- stepping on them is enough for me. I, I would never want to be body slammed or power bombed on them. Yeah, right. Man. No, when you step on a Lego, it's like it's like it's like the worst thing there is. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I can imagine it's like landing on them and stuff, not like for for you know for no reason. Just to, you know, I don't think the pops there for as much as the paid brings. It's like some people have never stepped on a Lego before, so they can't really relate to the paid. But <laughs> Lego shit, <laughs> the Lego stuff is unreal. Like, I'd rather call a I got an interesting one. I, I just my brain works in in weird ways, but I'm gonna tie in a movie reference into a wrestling reference. So let's pay attention to this one a little bit. Is it now or so not now? If someone were to somehow develop a Weekend at Bernie's wrestling gimmick, meaning that music comes on and they all of a sudden wake up and that's how they that's how they wrestle. They wrestle to music as they're kind of dead. What do you think of that type of gimmick? <laughs> I think that would be very entertaining. I think it would be great. Would he sell? Uh, he would sell by someone would like he would. There, someone would have to have a ring manager and come out and shut the mu- music off, and he would collapse. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I'm a big fan of Weekend at Bernie's, uh, so I would actually pop for the gimmick, and I think it'd be hilarious. But you would have to walk like Bernie. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and he would only—he could only wrestle on weekend shows. <laughs> oh, that'd be great! Yeah, so, we have to have to walk down. <laughs> so, if you're looking for a new gimmick in in the near future, I think I could be uh, your valet on that. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely. No, I mean, if you really think of the, if you really think of the concept of we got burned, if you just take a step back and just think about it. Those two guys are sick fucks. <laughs> <laughs> they are. A, wheeling around a dead man for sheer enjoyment and trying to get themselves money and paid. They are. Yeah. <laughs> they are the yeah, heels. Using a dead guy to get over and go to all his parties and everything. <laughs> All right, so I don't think there's a better way of ending that segment than the weekend at Bernie's. So, uh, Hale, we appreciate you coming on again, and um, we'll be talking to you very soon, and uh, we hope you have a good one. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Keep living there now. 
All right. Well, that was Living in the Now with Hale Collins following our interview with Leo London. And uh, this has been probably one of our longest shows to date. Um, but it was perfect because was, we got everything we wanted in and we it got was two, two good conversations. You know what? It's a good weekend to drive up to the mountains or do some other activity that takes a long time to drive. Take us along for the ride. Both literally and metaphorically speaking. If you're going somewhere, you're passing by us, call us up and take us, you dumb schmucks. Come on. If not that, then turn us on your radio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're using the Pulse Podcast Network app, click our logo. You'll get to listen to us today, yesterday, the day before. Maybe you want to listen to our most popular episode the one where Hogan's in heaven. Hulkster. The one with the Hulkster in heaven. That was a great You joke. came up with that title. And I know. You I come up with a lot of it up. That's okay. That's okay. For some reason, that is our most popular one. So if you want to go back and listen to that, do it. Just bring us along for the ride and make sure you rate us wherever the hell you listen to us. Because we need those ratings to advance our podcast career, damn it. <laughs> you look like you had no clue where you were going with that one. I always bring it back, baby. Yeah, I know. So uh, we hope you enjoyed um, our interview with Leo London and, of course, living in the now with Hale Collins. You always want to be living in the now. Always. You don't want to be not so now. <laughs> always find yourself in the now. Always. So until our next show, um, we hope you enjoyed. Next show, Fastlane's going to be here. We're going to be talking about that, whatever else is happening. There's going to be some shit to talk about. I have a feeling yep. there always is. And uh, we'll, uh, WrestleMania's picture will get um, that much clearer after Fastlane. Wow. So, uh, the we big hope... picture. We'll yes. all start pointing the signs. <laughs> we'll play a little Ace of Base in the background, maybe. Well, I saw the sign. I want someone to listen to this and somehow mix that in, that song, into every person pointing at a sign. Oh, man. It has to exist, right? It has. If, if it doesn't already, I want it to. So you that are fancy with the computers and the music mixing... Get on it for me. We hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon. But I just gotta know. <laughs> Sorry for the malfunction. I meant to hit. <laughs>